This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, whoa, you never actually watched Karate Kid, or you never saw Cabaret, or how have you not seen Election? Welcome to How Have You Not Seen. I'm your co-host, Carson Betts. I am your other co-host, Caroline Thompson. Uh, This is a movie podcast where every week one of us brings one of our favorite movies the other one hasn't seen. We talk about it. And we go and watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. That's going to be a very good time this weekend. Okay, Caroline, right into it. How have you not seen Election? (sighs) That is a good one because I feel like this is something that that is going to be very up my alley. I think that this is a movie that you will like very much. I think yes. this is a movie, from everything I've heard about it, I think this maybe is a movie that I watch and it cracks my top 25 on Letterboxd. Um, wow. Whoa. That's big. I mean, that's I'm big. just saying, I'm just saying from everything I know of it, like, I'm, sure. I'm not saying that's actually going to happen. I'm just saying that, like, people, like, speak very highly of this movie and it seems to be very much up my alley. Mm. And, um... Let me let me think. Um, so election. I don't know. I don't know that I have a really good story about it, but I have heard mm. this from like several years. Like, oh my God, election, so good. You have to watch it. Um yeah. and I think it's just one that probably hasn't been like thrown to me on Netflix enough times. Like I just feel like sure. it's not really one that's really widely available. Um, mm-hmm. enough to have seen it but I know that like I don't know if I would call this one as small as to call it a cult classic but like I do know that this film is very highly regarded and is um, like very beloved yeah yeah I I'll say I have a good story about this one because I just watched this movie last year and it was in the wake of our Legally Blonde episode I was there was a debacle. I won't go into it. I was uh, canceled. I had to go to cancel jail for a little while. You did after that one, which is and, very, uh, uh, which is a huge departure from your normal trips to horny jail. To horny jail, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, well, it's it's here's the thing. Horny jail is just you know it's it's padded rooms and cold showers. Cancel jail just it's not real. It only exists in the mind of powerful white men. Whoa, wow. Um, but incisive, I, incisive cultural God, commentary oh, here. Let me, let let me tell you, I got him. Uh, but so I my my thing after I watched Legal Bond, I was like, is it is it just am I not a Reese Witherspoon fan? Is that just what it is? And so I was kind of looking at some Reese Witherspoon movies, watching a few of those, and election came up very quickly on Netflix. And I was like, Oh, I've never seen this is supposed to be really good. I've never seen this, and I watched it. And I was like, Oh, this movie rules. We got to talk about it. Um, but yeah, so it is a movie that I my watching of it was born of this podcast. So I think it's only appropriate that Beautiful. I bring it back. Wonderful. Uh, so what do you, what do you, I ruined one thing, but what else do you know about election? So I, I did know that it was Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Um, the only thing. Did you know the other lead? Matthew Broderick, right? Yeah. 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 And so, so Reese Witherspoon is a high school student, right? High school? Yeah. And yep. Broderick yep. is, is he the teacher, a principal? He is, he's a teacher. He's a teacher, and I mean, she's running for class president. Yes, that's the yeah, that's the shtick. Mm-hmm. And like, this one's kind of like weirdly, kind of like darkly comic, right? Like, it's kind of fucked up. I'd say, yeah, cool. Um, that's really all I know. Like, in what way, shape, or form, I do not know. But I just know that like, it's supposed to be like very very good very like clever and just kind of for for lack of a better word twisted yeah it is it is much like the joker it is twisted yeah i would say uh clever's clever is a very good descriptor it's an incredibly clever movie well all right i don't want to give anything else away because once you figure out like what the thing of this movie is it's you're like oh okay all right i see what we're doing here and it's like really quick but yeah um all right well if that's all you know i think we're ready to go into our game for the week Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, we are going to be doing a favorite around these parts called Six Degrees of Laura Dern. 
uh, a game which I think speaks for itself. I am going to uh, name one of the actors in this movie. Then both Caroline and I are trying to, uh, in as few connections as possible, get back to Laura Dern. Uh, I am going to start because I've had time to think about this. I am going to handicap myself by going from one actor in this movie to another actor in this movie, therefore giving myself an extra link on the chain. Uh, Caroline, Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Um, yeah. This should be not terrible. I'll, I'll tell you, I think I lost because my chain is kind of long. But I'm also very obsessed with what I came up with. I think it's a good collection of things. Mm, okay, Mama needs a win, so. Mm. Oh, that she do, that she do. Um, okay, I, I got it, I got it. All right. Laura Dern is in election. Mm. With Matthew Broderick. Is Laura Dern in election? <laughs> I was like, I don't... That'd be crazy. I don't remember her in there. <laughs> oh, easy. Laura Dern is in election. Dern is in election. With yeah. Reese Witherspoon. Um, no. Reese Witherspoon is in election with Matthew Broderick, who is in The Producers with Uma Thurman, okay. who is, of course, in Pulp Fiction with Sam Jackson, who was in 1994's Steven Spielberg film Jurassic Park Damn. with... Madame Laura Dern. Damn. Okay. I was really, you beat me. I was really worried we were going to go for the same thing, though, because I started uh, Witherspoon's in election with Matthew Broderick. Broderick is in, uh, in uh, the producers with Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is in Daddy's Home with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is in The Lovely Bones with Saoirse Ronan, and Saoirse Ronan is in Little Women of Laura Dern. That is, other than Little Women, which is a film that I adore, yes. that is the most yes. cursed chain of films that I've ever seen. That is, oh. that is the oh. worst program at an art house cinema I have ever heard of. Oh, I've never seen The Lovely Bones. I, I, I have heard not it's either. Bad. I've heard it is uh, kind of bad, fairly interesting, well-made, kind of cursed. Um, oh, I have I have frequently yeah. thought of like, how fun of a thought experiment it would be to do um, like a six degrees of Laura Dern like film series where it's like oh my you God. kind of just watch oh. the chain in order and that is one of the that most cursed good. ones we've ever Absolutely. had on the show. Uh, here, here's a hot take. That version of the producers is uh, not good. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, I disagree. It, uh, it is. and wholeheartedly. Here's the thing. I personally just love the original so much. I think that's what ruins it for me. I think it is. I think it has its merits, and I yeah. think that it is a um, a very. It is one of those stage musicals that when they adapt it to a movie, they just say, "Oh yeah," and then we just do the show. Yeah, we do the show. Which, like the the flip side of that is you know, just as bad of, no, 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 this isn't a Broadway show. This is a film. And mm. like, they strip everything of what makes a good Broadway show. Yeah, it's like, it's you, gotta, you gotta find thing. the balance. And I kind of think, balance. I kind of think on the two ends of the spectrum, there's probably something worse than the producers. Come, I think you have- Subscribe to our Patreon. You get to hear us talk about movie musicals a lot. Yes. Probably yes. soon, yeah. Um, but sure I, think on the, I think on the two ends of the spectrum, you kind of have the producers on one end and Lane is on the other. And I think yeah. that, uh, I think I prefer the producers. Actually, I know I prefer the producers. Yes. And yes. that's <laughs> Hey, but... I, I don't like it that much. It's a better movie than Lane is Rob, which is uh, the worst movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> one of my, one of my least favorite films. Um, Bad. That Corey and I saw well, on Christmas Day to together to 2012. Oh, one day more. One day more. One more day. Anyway. Well, are you ready to watch election? I'm very ready to watch election. I sure am. Let's go watch election. Let's do it. We're back. Yes, we are. We're back. So, Caroline, let's get right into it. Election, first thoughts. What'd you think? Um, it's great. It's like so it's good, great. right? It's, it's really, so really good. good. Um, yeah, I was kind of. Let me just start here because I think sure. this will be a lot of 
maybe the meat of our conversation okay is like this movie has aged really well yeah right like this movie's kind of only gotten better with age yeah like um because you know like at first like at the very beginning of the movie you know they start they start with like Matthew Broderick like for as long as I can remember I've always wanted to be a gangster I mean a teacher you know and so like you know you kind of get like oh okay like you know, the vibes I was kind of getting is like, okay, is this going to be like kind of one of those, like, you know, like perfect man gets life ruined by like, mm-hmm. like vilified, like vilified young, beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, that is certainly what it is from Matthew Broderick's character's yes. perspective. However, however, I love that like as the film goes on, like, his perspective just gets more and more and more and more and more divorced from reality in a way yeah. that the film itself is very much in on. Yeah. And I think that that is really fun because like for like when it, when it started and it was like, you know, when it started and it was like, um, oh, and then she slept with the teacher. I was like, oh shit. I was yeah. like, oh my Uh-oh. God. Oh uh-huh. my God. And then like, you know, you kind of like, like yeah Matthew Rogers like is the one who's kind of like oh like you can't do this like this is illegal like you can't like you can't do this she's a student Mm -hmm. she like and and you're kind of like okay okay like all right like I guess he's like like playing for like kind of you know kind of like playing on the right side of the team you know like he's playing for the right team but like then as the movie goes on and he starts to resent her Mm -hmm. and I'm just like oh my gosh like I was like I don't know like the movie just like really does a good job at like making it a fairly like the film does a very good job of letting Matthew Broderick play it very very straight and earnestly while still the film itself is like casting extraordinarily harsh judgment on him and I Mm -hmm. think that's like I think that's like harder um to do than a lot of than like a lot of people maybe will give it credit for yeah like the fact I mean it it is it is very, I don't know, I usually when I say this, I mean it in kind of the, uh, you know, kind of like the Hayao Miyazaki way, you know, where it's like, oh man, this movie's just like so nice and gentle. But no, it's like, it's a very empathetic film in sort of the opposite respect, where it's like, man, the two kind of made leads, like I really dislike both of them in in like in great measure. But then I also, but I'm like, but I get it. Like, I understand why they are the way they are, you know? Like, yeah. and and the film, I think that's, you know, sort of the thing that the film is trying to engender. It, it is the fact that by the end of it, and I'm skipping ahead quite a bit, but like by the end of the movie, I'm both like, oh, good, Matthew Broderick. I'm glad that you kind of came out of this experience and you, uh, you know, you found the silver lining here. Um, but then also I'm like, oh, come on, man, just let it go. Don't throw the soda at the car. Like, no, of course. Well, and out, that's the man. thing. Well, and, and, and that's the thing too, is it's like, you know, like, working as like a like a like a like an educational guide at the smithsonian yeah is, or not smithsonian uh new york natural uh new york museum of natural history yeah that's like not like that's not not a job you know that's yeah. a pretty like big like decent yeah. it's like a real like, thing yeah and so like but like i do think it's so funny that it's just like you know i finally turned my life around it's like blah 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 blah, blah. and then he sees her and she's like working in congress and literally is like oh, that poor, poor girl. Like, I yeah. bet she's so, like, I bet she's so sad and, like, has never found any of the closure she's been looking for for all these years. And that's just, like, so depressing for her. Like, I pity her. And also, I hate her. And it's just, like, I don't know. It just shows, like, it just shows projection in a very, mm-hmm. very, very, um, like, un, like, unambiguous way. Mm-hmm. in a way that like I don't know I feel like it's like and I'm not saying this is necessarily the fault of other movies but like you know like I mean you see it on Twitter all the time people are debating like you're like oh my god like this character is so toxic and everybody's like that's the point like the film is like yeah you know, like like the film is commenting on it and people are like no yeah. they're no it's not and like there's a debate with a lot yeah. of movies and like, you know, uh, uh, maybe a lot of that debate is because people just aren't film literate enough mm-hmm. or like people don't, people don't like to think about like 
what is happening in a what, film, what you know consume. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I think, I don't know if it was last week, I think it was last week when we were talking about Cabaret. It's like, you know, there's a difference between, you know, we were talking about how it's like, it's like, no, 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 the film is showing something insane sandwiched between some, like, two very insane things. And, like, mm-hmm. it's not saying that this is how you should react. Like, you as the audience are supposed to sit there and, like, your jaw is supposed to drop seeing people reacting. This, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But the film does, the film itself isn't making a judgment on these things. It is just, like, depicting them. And, like, you are supposed to think about what these things mean and then arrive at a conclusion where, like, that's not what election is interested in doing, um, which I think is great, but it's just like, it is that thing of like, it does show horrible, toxic, like narcissistic, just like awful, like tendencies of these characters Mm -hmm. in a way that is like, both not like, you know, it's not cartoonishly garish. I mean, Tracy's a little cartoonish in a way that I think yes. is like very fun, but like yeah. Matthew Broderick is not like cartoonishly evil, like in the depiction, but the film is still very clearly like, like this guy is fucked up. Like this is this is a sad, sad man with like a yeah. power, like a power complex because he like lords over literal children mm-hmm. in like our public schools and he has this like God complex. So like this is bad. But, but they they write it and they play it so 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 straight, and I just like I just I I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really fun film. It is the and it's the power of the Matthew Broderick as a as a performer because I mean, look, it's the Ferris fucking Bueller thing. He is right, one of right. Hollywood's best straight men. You know, like just his ability to just seem like a very normal individual in the midst of a absolutely bug nut situation. Have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off recently? Uh, oh, recently. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's probably been about three or four years. Okay. I it's saw been that. a few years, I, but not, not recently, I would yeah, say. So I watched that movie again like a year ago. And the thing oh, I was- Did you notice to... that? Did you notice that Ferris isn't even real and he's just- <laughs> He's uh, in Cameron's he's... mind? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. No. Well, no, that's the other. I think that, I feel like that's the, I mean, that's the like stupid fucking, you know, we're making- film theories about stuff. But um, the other thing that I feel like people talk a lot about, you know, the, the sort of negative reaction in the modernized Ferris Bueller, which I'm like kind of on board for, is the fact that like, oh, Ferris Bueller's a bad person. Like he's not a good man. And- Yeah, but he's also a child. So he's like... also a child. That's the thing. He's a kid and also, but also I think that the fact that like, I was watching that movie and the thing I was thinking of the entire time was, okay, the fact that like, it's just now that we're having like, the BuzzFeed list of like 10 reasons why Ferris Bueller is actually not the hero of that movie is because like Roderick just, he just plays it so well. Like he is, he is so good at being endearing even in the midst of insanity to the, to the fact that like, I, I don't think that in this movie, at least when I watch it, like I can't pinpoint the moment where I'm like, okay, and I am no longer really on this guy's side, but by the point, by the time yes. you get to, he is like literally visually like fucked up. He hasn't slept all night. And, you know, his what he's like, I can't even go back home because I know my wife's going to kick me out. And then he does the big evil of throwing the ballots away. You're like, okay, well, he lost me at some point. I can't pinpoint exactly what, when, but like, right. this is definitely like way too far. And because no. Roderick's so good at being endearing, you know, you don't notice until that moment, really. No, you're you're one hundred percent right. Is it is that thing where it's like, you definitely you definitely start the movie being like, okay, like this is gonna be like, you know, this is gonna be a a classic film, and I, I don't even know what you would call this, but it's a thing of just like, you know, it's the Dennis the Menace thing. It's just like, oh yes, this is going to be another entry in the genre of film of main character gets driven insane by mm-hmm. plucky like by plucky supporting like yeah. chaos villain um and you're like cool like like i i i've seen these movies before i know how these go that's great and um like over the course of the movie you know you just like you you're exactly right it's like it's very hard to pinpoint where because you're always getting broderick mm-hmm. um you're always getting his narration so you're always mm-hmm. seeing things ostensibly through his eyes but I do feel like the film like I do feel like it 
I do feel like it, the way it shoots and edits things together and like the way the scenes actually unfold are very, for the most part, neutral. And it's just because you have his inner monologue through most of it that it's like, you know, you do kind of like skew towards his side, but it is that thing of it's like, you know, like even when he like cheats on his wife, which like, you know, he's gone on the record before, cheating, bad, don't yeah, Don't cheat, cheat. don't um, do it, yeah. Yeah, uh, cheating with your monogamous partner, uh, no good. No, um, no. Uh, but, um, you know, like, even when he, like, cheats on his wife, you, like, you know, he, he, he sets the table well enough of, like, oh, well, you know, like, I had to go over to her house all the time, mm -hmm. like, helping her with things, and, and she was so lonely, and I was so stressed, and, like, you know, and then we started hanging out all the time, and, like, you know, things just progressed, and you're kind of, like, okay, like, I yeah. don't, like, hate you for this. But then it just is that thing where it's like then by the time like you see the fallout with like the two wives, you're like, well, yeah, a fucking course, like a fucking course you hate him in that moment. Yeah. Also, um, just like how the I mean, all the all the I think both the best dramatic moments and most of the best comedic beats in the movie just come from the difference between the reality that is being expressed in the narration oh, absolutely. and the reality that is being seen on screen. Exactly. Absolutely. Like when he throws, yeah. when he throws a soda at the end, I just cackled. Oh, it's so funny that he's, but, oh God, yeah. so good. And, and, and also the moment too, where like he comes in and he sees the two wives on the couch crying and he just goes, <laughs> okay. And just okay. leaves because it's just like, you know, everybody, everybody knows what, what's going on there. Yeah. Which um, honestly, good choice. Good decision. <laughs> No, I know. It's not going to make any any better. It's not going to get any better if you go in there for anyone involved. No, of course. Uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's a great, it's it's a really fun little movie. Um, yeah. It is very much like, I feel like, a, like almost just like the, the, the Gen X reaction to Ferris Bueller almost in that, like, yeah. it is a film about how, like, I mean, it's literally a film about how uh, Matthew Broderick thinks whatever happens in within the walls of like this high school are the most important thing that will ever happen to you. Mm -hmm. However, uh, where Ferris Bueller is like, so like live it up. These are the best days of our lives. Have fun. Election is very much like, no, this is just like a weird suburban power trip for like yeah. sad, sad, sad people. None of um, this other than Steve Metzler, who is a fucking gem. Oh, oh, he's he's great. Both of the Metzler children are pretty fantastic for different reasons. Yeah. I, I also think between that is I think also the the inclusion of those two characters I think is very important for the thing that we're talking about, the sort of empathy that you can have for the you know, the kind of the two leads. Um because both of those characters are, you know, also fallible humans like real people that have negative attributes but they're also like kind of despite the fact that um oh what is the sister's name um uh uh uh, uh tammy that like i mean tammy is kind of a little asshole sometimes but like yeah. she's kind of un like she's not evil in the way that like broderick or witherspoon are and no, certainly and, Paul is not either. And the thing is, is I don't really think I, any of the kids are evil. I wouldn't even classify Reese, like I wouldn't even classify Tracy as evil. It's just like, it is that thing of like, you know, I mean, everybody's fucking crazy in high school. Yes. That's the thing is it's like, is it is that thing where it's like, and, and, and I think that's what's so important about this movie is like, it really is like skewering that, that whole Ferris Bueller, like, you know, 1980s, like, um, <laughs> I almost said John Waters, John Hughes thing of like, <laughs> of this is the most movie. important thing that will ever happen to you. And it's just like, you know, like I've, I've experienced this a lot, like, you know, in my, in my old age, um, as I'm, you know, as I'm, as I'm rounding that corner and coming mm. into 30, is I'm like watching all of these like movies about high schoolers. And like, I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, like you poor little babies. Like, yeah. Like, you know, just like none of this fucking matters. Like you are like broken and sad, and it's gonna mm -hmm. be okay one day. I promise. Like I am your mom now, <laughs> and it's just that thing of like you know, like I I see Tammy, and I'm just like I'm like no, like I'm not saying what you're doing is good, but mm -hmm. like I've been a closeted gay kid in high school, and guess mm -hmm. what? Like it fucking sucks, and it's like, like you know, that whole thing of, like, she finally found somebody, especially in the 90s, like, you know, I didn't go to high school in the 90s, obviously, yeah. but, like, you know, especially in the 90s, like, 
you are like a, like a closeted lesbian in high school and you find like the one person who like will like see that in you and reciprocate that for you and like validate that for you and then like with 100% empathy to like that other girl because like you know like that is so much of like the high school queer experience is mm -hmm. like people ostensibly like being on your side and then like push comes to shove you know when it's like you know like especially like we're getting better about it now and like I look at you know a lot of high school kids now and they're gayer than shit and they're proud and they're out and they're awesome and it's great but like you know especially in the 90s it was like it was so taboo yeah and so like impossible to be openly gay like you find the one person and then like you know when push comes to shove like they can't openly support you because it's going to mean the end of their life you know and so it's like watching the situation play out is so heartbreaking that's like yeah tammy like i'm 100 percent with you like go be a little shithead like i cannot yeah. blame you like go like like go release your anger on the fucking high school like on the system that is <laughs> like a, oppressing you like literally lead a revolution against the student government yeah, yeah. and like, the thing is, is it's like it's very stupid that it's like that yeah you know on the student government but it's like the student government is also stupid it's the it's oh god i mean it's the best thing because it's like Yes, Tammy, you are correct. The student government is a sham. It is at every single high school. It's just a nonsense club that does nothing. Um, and you're correct about that. And you should, you know, yeah, yeah, lead a revolution against it. Yell about how you don't care. But the fact that you're giving an impassioned speech about the fact that you don't give a shit means that you give so much of a shit. I know, I like know. That, like that is the thing. But yeah, and oh God, and just the betrayal of the fact that she goes with Paul. But then also you get Paul's, <laughs> you get Paul's angle. He's just so stupid. Yeah, it's so like, nice that yeah. you're just like, well, I can't be mad at him. Like, no, I know exactly. Well, and you can't because he has no idea. And yeah, it's just he, that thing of like, oh, my sister's friend wants to like date me, and it's like, oh, then so she happy. takes me back to her house, uh, and we sit in the hot tub, and she blows me. I believe is the line. Yeah, which I um, think is the most I laughed in the entire movie. Both yeah. times I saw it. Um, it's just like you know, it is. It, it's it's it is a fun movie because like the only morally unambiguous character is Broderick. Yeah. You know, the only he's an character. Adult. Yes, because he yeah. is the adult. He is the one with the actual power mm -hmm. and he is the one creating all of this nonsense or at least like upholding it and like using it to his advantage. And he's playing the fucking victim. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's great because like, you know, I, I think, first of all, I think Reese does a, does a great fucking job mm -hmm. in this movie. And it's like, that's she's, the thing. It's, yeah, it's she's like, really good. This is the thing that I think holds true with like most films, but like this one especially is like whenever you're talking about like whenever you're talking about like the morals or the ethics of characters in high school, like mm -hmm. in films about high school, you get to just be like, yeah, but they're also literal children. And then it's like, okay, you can't really fault them too much. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. Like they are, they are like literal children and like uh wink wink nudge nudge go over like Patreon, like. We, we are talking about the Twilight movies at the oh, moment. Yeah. And it's that really fun thing of like, you know, it was really easy for me to make fun of those movies when I was in high school because I'm like, I'm like, oh, these are so corny and like, mm -hmm. these are so stupid and like, you know, like nobody acts this way. And like, like I would never act anyway like this. Like I am a cool grown up smart kid. Like I am an adult. And then like I watch it as an adult. I'm like, oh my God, like, isn't it so funny that like, like the way they are dating each other in Twilight is exactly what dating feels like in high school. And it's like, like, you know, it's like, I was too self-serious back then to admit it, but it's just like, isn't it that hilarious thing where it's just like, like absolutely hating everything about your entire life and just mm -hmm. like, will you please just kiss me? And then like, you're, you know, and then Edward on the other hand is out there being like, um, being I, like I hate being alive. Nobody <laughs> perceived me. Please just let me die. It's like, that's what dating your face is. I can't kiss you if I do, you don't understand how powerful my emotions are if I kiss you they'll tear you apart like oh, uh, and it's just like and it's like I, I I just like I don't know I feel that way about this this movie very much yeah. very different like yes about, yeah very cynical this, this, this and very movie is a bit more um, intentional spherical. and intelligent than those ones are correct um, but like yeah. it's just that thing of like you know it's like it's like Tracy is just like this high school overachiever who has constantly been told like do more do more do more do more do more so she's doing more and yeah. like i i i you know it's very very big like hashtag nevertheless the last she persisted energy hashtag girl boss energy but mm -hmm. like 
you know, but like, you know, 20 years before that was kind of a meme, you know? I mean, back when, back when, like, we had not yet gone full circle of like, oh, those, like, those girls are annoying because like, they are now kind of working towards like the, you know, upholding the status quo and just wanting like pantsuit nation to, to uphold the status quo instead of men's warehouse. Um, but like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was very much like, no, like we don't even like let girls talk in high school. So the fact yeah. that she is like doing, like doing the thing and like making it all the way to class president is like, and the fact that everybody hates her for it is, you know, it wasn't ironic yet. You know what I mean? It well, wasn't. That's, um, that's another reason why I think this thing ages so well, because it, I mean, it it is very much not because this film came out in the late nineties, but this, like the way that Tracy Flick is represented feels like it's a commentary on that trope now. Like it feels like, to me at least, like it feels like a deconstruction of like the Leslie Nope archetype, which is really a reaction to like the Hillary Clinton archetype of, you know, right. the 15, from 19, the way that she was kind of treated in the media from like 1995 to 2010, you know? And uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, I, I, I think that it's like, I don't know. It's interesting. I would like to have been kind of around for election 1999 to like feel how that portrayal would have like how it would have hit back then but like oh, right now like that's the only thing I can think of is like oh this is reverse like dark side Leslie Nope like this is a commentary Definitely. on that. Well and I mean like I think you know it's coming at the end of the Clinton administration like I yeah. think like it's coming after the Lewinsky scandal for like yep. God's sakes like I yep. think that like it's a very intentional mm -hmm. and I mean you know I think it is that thing of like it's skewering the the two tropes of Hillary and of and of Lewinsky of just like, you know, it's this thing of like, you know, it's skewering the the center right criticism of Hillary Clinton, which is I don't care what her politics are. She's a woman, so I don't care. Yeah. Um, and like fuck her. Like she's the villain. She's the reason that everything's wrong. When like clearly, if you take the two-thirds of a step back and look at the bigger picture, it's like, no, like she's not. Like, yeah, she's, she was, like, the first lady, you know, and all, like, all of that stuff. And she was, like, a very involved first lady. But it's, like, it's, like, she is, like, in this position despite, like, mm -hmm. everything around her, like, being set up for her to fail. Whereas, like, you know, it's, it, this is a critic, this is a criticism of the center right take on the whole Clinton Lewinsky thing. Whereas, like, I think nowadays that, and that's kind of why I'm, like, I'm, like, we haven't come full circle yet where it's, like, you know, we're seeing this film is skewing. I don't care what her politics are. She's a woman. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I think the the modern, contemporary, further left view is, I don't care that she's a woman. Look at her politics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and so, like, I think that it is both. You know, it is progressive for the time, and I think that there is still validity in, like, you know, Hillary Clinton was like dragged over the coals for being like uh for being a, a strong woman in the media in the 90s you know what i mean and it's yeah. like i'm way further left than hillary clinton and like i you know have a lot of beefs with hillary clinton but i'm certainly i'm certainly not in the camp of lamau she's an annoying bitch who won't shut the fuck up you know what i mean it's like uh remember remember like oh god remember twitter in 2016 when like so many like leftist boys really showed their ass yeah. Talking about Hillary Clinton, where you're just like, whoa, hey, let's take it No, I, I, what you started saying, I agree. And then where you ended was, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay because also remember in 2016 when a lot of centrist uh, women showed their ass. And you know, just like, well, hey, 2016 was the great ass showing of America. Truly, everyone turned around and it really said, was. shit. Like it was, oh God, a, a terrible time. Uh, and we've been living in that year ever since. Um, so, trying to think so this this movie is very good i love a dark comedy and i, I feel too. like we don't which is why i think in the first half i was like oh caroline this is like no you're gonna love this thing like just the tone of it and we don't i don't want to because again we've been this has been a, a a theme this season that we talk about a lot is like oh the comedies you know like blockbuster comedy is not a thing anymore but right. like dark comedies are so few and far between it, it, at least in the mainstream and i think kind yeah. of really always have been just because it's like such a tough, you know, it's a tough niche. It's a difficult. Right. Well, they all have to be like 
like indie indie art films now yeah. you know what i mean yeah. um yeah which like which sucks because dark comedy is fun but it is that thing of like you know i mean like you know i mean like i, I guess what's what's the what's the closest thing we've gotten to a big mainstream dark comedy is like it knives out comedy. in the last few years and even that is like it is a dark comedy that but the comedy is, so... is very broad you know what i mean and that, like, it... yeah and that movie is so joyous like that right. thing really like the themes are... is a crowd pleaser yes you know exactly and, like, and that's the thing is it's like it's like it's probably the darkest mainstream comedy we've got in a minute yeah but even then like the sensibility of the thing is so yeah it's like it's, yeah like I'm it's just... so blatantly making fun of these people like I mean, it's also just the issue with like, it's it's the thing you kind of touched on it before of the thing of satire. You know, one of the big things of satire is that it requires a little bit more thought. You know, oftentimes right. than you wrote a master's thesis on this. Talk about I it. I did. I I did. It's not a good paper, but I sure did write it. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, it's it's. Hey, the crux of of the paper that I wrote that is not very good was basically like. Yo, satire is good and important, and it requires like an, a level of involvement on the audience's part, and like that's good. But also, the level of involvement that is required on the audience's part, if you know, if, if that is a, if if the lack of that can end in some negative externalities, maybe that's bad, and that's a problem. And I don't really know how to solve it. Right? Like, that was, you know, like that's the thing, because like. Oh, one of the things I talked about in my thesis, which was like the thing that really interests me. Did you ever see, um, I think it was in 2013, 2014, um, like near the end of uh, Stephen Colbert's run on the, on the Colbert Report, he did a bit, there was like this old character that he did, which was itself like a skewering of anti-Asian tropes in American, uh, American culture. And the character's name was Ching Chong Ding Dong. Like that was, it was very broad, very like, right. um, yeah. And so, but you know, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, this satire is a little bit too blunt. It's just kind of you putting on yellow face and they stopped doing it. Um, so then this was, and hey, and, and look at that, almost 10 years later, it's still a fucking argument. There was a big flare up as there is like every two years over like, why is the name of, well, I guess they changed it now, but like the Washington Redskins, why is that the name of their fucking football team? That's like horrible and racist. And Stephen Colbert did a whole bit, again, the satire of the Colbert Report being that like, he is playing a person who is incorrect. Like he is playing the version of a shithead Republican that you, you should not trust. And everything he says is going to be skewered in such a way that it is blatantly ridiculous, but also wrong and insensitive. And he, and the whole thing was that the then owner of the, of the Redskins like started, he's like, I'm not going to change the name, but I am going to open like the Washington Redskins, Redskins, um, like charity foundation for like native, whatever. And which is fucking stupid. And, Colbert's joke was, well, in that case, I, you know, no, that's a great thing. I'm going to open like the Ching Chong Ding Dong, you know, Heritage Foundation for, you know, Asian American involvement or whatever. The joke there being, you can't help people with a racist caricature. That's, you know, you're just right. covering up the problem with nothing. And so then what happened was some person in his, uh, you know, just like somebody in like his staff tweeted out that joke just on Twitter without a video link and so it's just like it's just like he tweeted a racist thing and then he had to go back and then do a bit on it the next week and it it's this kind of like masterful like meta satire that he does where he's talking about like no if you don't do the set the whole thing is like yeah you gotta pay it like his point is like if you don't catch the satire it's still satire and like, it's it's very good. I, I wish I could like play for people listening right now. I'm not going to be able to explain it well. I wish I could play the YouTube clip because it is kind of brilliant, but also indicative of the, of the problem. Cause it's like, if people felt hurt by a thing just because they didn't notice the content, like they're not involving themselves in the satire, but also if they're hurt by a thing, they are hurt by a thing and you can't discount that. Right. And it's this like back and forth problem forever that, you know, that the fact that all comedy requires a level of context that we just can't, as someone who's creating comedy, you cannot 
assure in people. Like there's there's no way that you can like assume that everyone has the exact same knowledge base and level of context that you do when you're creating a thing. But also like, doesn't mean you shouldn't do satires because satire can actually be a very valuable tool for like, you know, using comedy to topple oppressive systems and to raise awareness about things in society in a way which is entertaining. And yeah, and so that was my thesis and my whole thing was just like, yep, yeah, I don't know. So right. I, I, can't, I can't solve it. I don't think anyone can. So yeah. give me my degree, please. And then and they guess did. what? You got it. And then they did. They wow. gave it to you. Look at that. Yeah. 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 It's tough. We don't satire is a tough thing in the mainstream. And it is. Both because especially just because now we are in this moment, like we're the cultural moment that we are in and have been in now for a little while where, which is a good cultural moment. I'm not going to come out and be one of those dudes. It's like fucking cancel culture, whatever. But it, it does just create a kind of a ground where like there is just kind of this endless argumentation happening all the time over, okay, but what does this thing actually mean? And like, I personally, I don't mind that argumentation. I do mind it like, when a lot of mainstream audiences look at a thing and they don't try to think about it at all, you know? Which yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's- In Hollywood. It's, it's hard because it's like, so you hard. know, um, cause like not just solely with satire, but like with just kind of like political representation Anything. and all of that stuff um, in terms of, you know, what makes it into the mainstream media is like, I, got into this argument a few weeks ago that was like, you know, somebody online was like, um, you know, they were like, they were like, oh, it's, and like, I guess, spoiler alert for the Umbrella Academy, because like, I don't watch the Umbrella Academy, but like, yeah. um, I watched like the first season, but like, somebody was like, it's funny that like, Netflix, like allowing Elliot Page, to, like stay in the role and like mm -hmm. changing, you know, changing, just like, changing the role yeah. um, is going to be seen as quote unquote woke because like it's then going to imply that, you know, like a trans masculine person like is the destroyer of the universe <laughs> and like, you know, and it's like, it's the yeah. thing of like, you know, um, like I've, I've complained about it too in that like, you know, it was a thing like when Eternals came out is mm -hmm. just like, look at, oh, you know, yeah, you're, like, you're, like, you're, you're getting all these, you know, like minorities and like queer people in these roles. And then it's like, you know, but it's like, it, it feels just kind of like forced representation. And then you have the gay black guy do Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, and, you know, I, I took issue with the, with the, note about Elliot Page because I was like I was like but the difference I was like the difference between these two things is that like you know Elliot Page is getting this role because he wants to be in the role like yeah it is a decision that is made by trans people yeah. for a trans person yeah like that they like that they you know that this trans person is like no like I am coming out and I'm not losing my work over it and I'm mm -hmm. not like giving up my life for it and, like I'm continuing it and like that is cool as opposed to you know and so we get it gets into this conversation of like you know and this person like had a halfway decent point because I was like I was like if we're going to say that like Elliot Page doing the role is bad because then it's like laying these bad things at the at the feet of a trans person mm -hmm. if we're going to call that bad then we have to be stuck in that like you know there can be no satire there can be no like there can be no anything like we, like minorities and queer people and like whatever in in film and in media like their representation has to then be tokenized because you're only allowed to put them in Roles, roles in, in which, which they, they are, are perfect and yeah, yeah like model minorities yeah, getting yeah. their brownie points and then this person was like but if that's how most people see it anyway yeah <laughs> don't we, don't we have to do that and yeah. i was like i was like i mean like you're not wrong but also you are wrong because like in this instance it is being made these decisions are being made by this community they're not being made yeah. for this community by bob Iger you know yeah it's yeah i mean it's, and it, it just becomes mm. that that conversation of like if you know an audience is going to take it the wrong way mm -hmm. then you are rewarding them by not doing it you know that's but the, also at the same oh. time if you 
but yeah, so it, I mean, it is the impossible question and it's like the, um, the, the example I like to use a lot um, about why human beings are, are, are so amazing and so silly at the same time yeah. is it's like, you know, um, three, 4,000 years ago, you know, Plato writes the fucking, this is always the example I use, uh, mm-hmm. Plato writes the fucking symposium in which he's like, I figured it out, I have considered it, I know exactly what love is, I've got it, it's right here. And then for the next 4,000 years, everyone's like, okay, but like now I figured out what love is too. And yet we still teach the symposium because it's like, yeah. it's an important seminal work, but also yeah. it's an important seminal work that we can all agree like, yeah, but it's kind of wrong. So like, yeah. we still have to figure this out. And it's just like, it's you know. The, oh God. Hey, like, you know, you watch these movies and are like, wow, that is a perfect encapsulation of how I feel about like love or art or politics yeah. or like life or death or whatever. It's like, that was perfect. No notes. I love it so much. Yeah. Anyway, I need to anyway. find a new piece of media about love and death because, <laughs> like, I will, because as a species, we will be dealing with this until we all are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Which, we'll hey. never, like, we, we always strive to arrive <sighs> at these answers and we never do. And that's, that's like both fun and beautiful and maddening and frustrating and awful. Oh, it's the thing having, <laughs> having taught classes in colleges about the Aristotelian unities. It's like, I don't know if you ever had that. This is also an old Greek Greek motherfucker talking about shit where he was just like, nope, I've got it. This is how you do it. Where Aristotle was like, theater is this. Yes. And then when you teach that to, to you know younger people that have never heard that before, their immediate thing is like, no, like this guy's a fucking idiot. And I'm like, no, but like, I no, I get you. Like he's wrong, but. It's but important. also, it's revolutionary like, that he it's thought It's revolutionary of it. that he even, he even thought of it, one. And then, like, two, here's the thing. Understand the history that, like, well, I mean, the very insane history of there of the, like, they got buried for years and years. Then the, you know, the Romans dug them back up. And then the French took them. And they were, and then the French were like, no, this is it. <laughs> like, this is the thing. You know, this is how we do it. And if you don't, we'll cut your head off. Like, yeah. Uh, no, I know. And it's wild. And it's just like, you know, I just, I just love that shit of like, yeah. you know, everybody's, and like, you know, everybody reads these old texts, whether they're, mm-hmm. whether they're like Victorian literature mm-hmm. or like Shakespeare or like, you know, 20th century, like more modernist stuff. And like, we read these like old like novels and, and, and poetry and stuff. And we're like, wow, this is perfect. This is beautiful. This is mm-hmm. everything I've ever wanted to say. Anyway, um, I need another one, please. Like now that yeah. I'm done with that, like give me more, please. Because like, even though I found a perfect example of it, like it will never be enough. It's and... never gonna quite scratch the itch. And it's like, God, I mean, it's everywhere. That's what all art is, is it's all just like trying to capture some something. bit of the human experience that feels at least a little bit true. Like something yes. that, yeah. And like feels true in a way that like, you know, science is true, quote unquote. You can't see this, listeners, because I'm I'm doing it visually, but like quote unquote true. And like math can be quote unquote true, but like art can capture a truth that both is less really actually true than those things because you can't encapsulate the human experience in one two-hour-long movie or in one three-minute-long song. You just can't. But it feels a lot more true and it scratches that itch a little bit more than you know. Right than math or science do, but like, I mean, fuck, it's the whole like Zeppelin wrote every guitar lick, you know, 40 years ago and everything else is just kind of remashed them together. There's there's, there's only like the six notes. You really can't. Uh, This is a podcast about the movie election. Yes, it is. I don't know. This this is what the people are here for. We go off on tangents about meaning in life. So that's that's, that's what we do. But like, I mean, not to be to be a little bit less flippant about it. Like, that's mm-hmm. the whole fucking point of cinema. Like, yeah, the 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 death of cinema and of film criticism is like, you know, just like, well, like, did the story beats go together perfectly? Mm-hmm. Like, when Star Lord shot the gun, like, was that Chekhov's gun like set up yeah. properly in Act One before? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, fuck that. It's like the entire point of films is to like watch them and then go off on these like crazy tangents about philosophy and life and like morality. Yeah, and which shit. is usually a signal of a good movie, I think, because I think so too. Yeah, because like 
That's the, we say it all the time. It's the Spider-Verse problem. It's the like, no, this thing is good. I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to sully it. You know, like right, me, yeah. me adding my words to it is just going to make it worse. Like yeah. I can't, you know, yeah, it's, oh God. But uh, election is good. Election is very good. <laughs> That's what we've discovered today. I just, I, that I'm wondering. is good and satire is difficult. Election is good. Satire is difficult. Mm-hmm. Reese is a champion. Mm-hmm. Um, we stand Matthew Broderick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, uh, I love Matthew Broderick. He's I, so good. I know he killed someone with his car, but not about that. Like, I, it, it just has to be said. Uh, it just has to be said. I don't want to get canceled uh, for not, look, um, not <laughs> for not acknowledging our problematic, our problematic uh, stands as like an to- actor, as an artist didn't mean to though right that was the thing it was like yeah i think it was drunk i think it's yeah, the thing. But it's like it's bad, like it's pretty but... fucked it's pretty bad it's a tragedy oh, but um better better than alec baldwin i'll tell you that much yeah oh, can you oh god oh lord um so <laughs> i will say i do i gotta say i was trying to say it a while ago and then we really got off on a thing um so this is based off a book right Yes. A book that was like kind of written, um, you know, the novelist wrote it and it was one of those like, oh, this could be a movie. He was kind of talking to Alexander Payne about it, you know, as he kind of was finishing writing it. And apparently the novel was like, the heavy inspiration for the novel was the 1992 presidential election, was like Ross Perot entering as a third party candidate. Like that's the inspiration for Tammy. And I like, it was again, cause we had that conversation at Hillary. I'm like, that is so weird. And I wonder if this is, I, I, you know, I haven't read the book, but I wonder if the book is way more 1992 because this movie does feel so um, 96. Yeah. yeah. It feels so Bill Clinton election it feels so mired in the Lewinsky scandal. And like, and, and about the, and I, again, I think that this thing it's weird because it is a movie we talked about. It's like, it's giving the microphone literally to like the man who's involved in the scandal almost. Like it's about the the fears of this one dude who feels like he's going to be next. But I don't know, again, because the movie is so not on his side and so about revealing the absurdity of his, of his, um, his like internal worldview. It, it, it's another reason why I think this movie plays so well today because it, it does in that way feel kind of post me too. It feels a little bit about like the anxiety that a lot of men have that they're going to be next. And it's like, why do you feel, why do you think you're going to be next, man? What did you do? Like what, you yeah. know, like, Hey bro, like uh, maybe if you don't do anything, nothing bad's going to happen to you. No. Yeah. And I mean, it just feels like it, it does feel like it's beating a lot of these conversations to the punch um, mm. in a way that is you know, very validating in that it's like, yeah. and that it's like, see, like these aren't brand new things, you guys. Like we yeah. didn't just like there wasn't just like a, a an international congress of women in 2015 that's that just all like, decided. Like, can we just ruin everything? Like, how are we gonna like 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 okay, we're women. How can we just ruin everything starting now? You know what I mean? It's like it's like these things have been going on. They have been documented. We haven't known about them for ever. And I mean, it's literally Monica Lewinsky. Like, I'm glad that I think in the past few years she is. We've we've come to a reckoning with her place in the American culture. Because like, yeah. fucking, I listened last she's year. She's a fucking college age oh intern. Oh my god, it like, pisses me the hell. It is off. like listen, it is like it is like a hyperbolic. Like, yeah, you know, it is it a is cartoonish. Like yeah, it's it's that whole thing of like, you know, men are like, I don't understand. Like, this was consensual. Like, like, like you know, there was, there was, there was nothing like, I don't understand why this is bad. And people are like, well, there's a power dynamic. At mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, like, we're just two people. It's like, it's literally a college age intern. And yes. The most powerful man in the world. world. Yeah. It's and oh. like this, like this, like literal college student, like literally this has been a thing that I've been reckoning a lot with too. These last, yeah. like, probably like one or two years. As I look back on myself in college, and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, I was literally a child. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. that like legally I was like yes. an adult by like the, by the, mm-hmm. you know, but I just like look back on myself and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, I was such a, like a, like a, like a little baby. And I, and I mean that both. And like, I was such a whiny little bitch, but also like I knew nothing. Like I was such yeah. a 
child. Like I was still like, you know, which is good. Like I've been able to find like a lot more like empathy for myself and for like a lot of my like friends um, retroactively that like, you know, I can look back and just be like, you know, just like, oh my God, like we were literal children. And like, yeah, we were, you know, we were shit faced and drunk and like trying to figure everything out. We thought we knew everything when really we were just being idiots. But like, you know, like it's, it's been like a comforting thing the last few years. So just like, you know what, like I did some dumb shit when I was in college, I did some shit that I'm not proud of. And like, but like I was a child, you yeah. know what I mean? And like it was a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, you know, that's like, you know, like she was a literal child. Like yeah. she wasn't, she was like, okay, 21. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and 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 that that is the thing, is it's like I am also very glad that there has been such a reckoning with like the Lewinsky thing. Yeah. Um, because it it is so gross. And it's just so, like, so gross. Fucked up. The if you wanna you ever hear Atlantic's got their podcast Slow Burn. Uh, yeah, I've, I've yeah, not listened to it, but I've I've listened to the first two seasons. I don't really know what they're doing, but the first two seasons are about um, Nixon's impeachment and then Clinton's impeachment. The first season, uh, very interesting. If you want to have like kind of a, uh, you know, a sort of haunting like look at the politics of the past and how they're influencing the politics of the future, you know, give that. It's very fascinating. Um, second season about Clinton. If you want to get fucking pissed just like so mad at the world and the way that it treated Monica Lewinsky oh listen to that second season of slow burn because it was just from all fucking sides like oh it is it makes me like so 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 mad yeah I believe it like and it is it's it's the trope that again in the past years we've been talking about but just like the fact that like the knock against Clinton was like you did a sex not with your wife and therefore you should be punished and people fucking miss the fact that it was like no it's because it was a child and she was a fucking intern and you're the president of the united states of america like the baseline of just the missing the power differential is just fucking it makes me so mad it makes me so mad anyway uh bill clinton probably racist uh probably a rapist but you know whatever we're talking about election Carson, um, I love, I love that as you, as you said that, as you said yeah. that little spiel, you pulled down your Allied in Jitsu headband <laughs> and fastened it and took up the crane stance. Got, it's got a little button on it that's just got Monica Lewinsky doing the thumbs up. What's what's that? What's that over? What's that button right oh. underneath it? Is that a pronoun pin? Oh yes, it is. It <laughs> says he him right there. Uh, uh oh Lord. The yeah, so election is a good movie. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, we are, we are, we are just about a time. So I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I'm trying to think if I have any other. But again, yeah, any we, last we said thoughts? this, we said this in between tangents. But it's like a sign of a good movie is mm-hmm. like this made me think so many thoughts of like, other stuff. Listen yeah. to my philosophy on mm-hmm. life. Like that's the sign of a good movie because mm-hmm. bad movies, you just sit around and it's like. Yeah, I see what they're going for, but like, want to know why that was stupid? And then you just mm-hmm. kind of focus on like the minutia of the film itself. Yeah, um, yeah. Which Metzler, is fun, you but not the same. Oh, um, yeah. You Betzler. You know, you Betzler, great. Just such an adorable character. It, just when he's like praying to like, just like, please help my sister. And I know that she's upset with me and I'm not sure why, but just like, please, please help us like mend our relationship so that like, because I love her and she's my sister. Like, just the sweetest, like, like, OG himbo Steve Metzler. Oh, he's so good and so stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a great movie. I'm so glad we got yeah. this in. I'm so glad we got this in yeah. this season. Um, Me too. And with that having been said, producer Corey, do you want to tell all the fine folks at home where they can find us on the interwebs? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hhynspod. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, uh, and TikTok at hhynspod. A uh, special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash hhynspod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks. Like I said, if you're interested in hearing more, head over to patreon.com slash hhynspod. Yay. Okay. Um, and also um, head over to patreon.com. I know Corey said that, but we are doing yeah. the Twilight films right now. Um, Very exciting. And we are doing a bunch of other really cool stuff at the moment and we've got some big plans for this summer have 
Oh, Caroline, have you seen what? The Northman yet? No, I haven't. Oh, this we're going to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once, and also The Northman. Yes. I'm, uh, uh, two, two super different movies, but also two movies that I loved. Yes. Uh, yes, I really liked Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, so um, good. I, uh, we love you, Rocka Cooney. Uh, oh, Rocka Cooney is, <laughs> I stay in Rocka Cooney so hard. So, Carson, um, yes. you brought this film election this week. I did. Um, and next week, we have a very special episode, in fact. Whoa. Um, so it is not a film that I am bringing. Um, next week, we are throwing it over to one of our patrons. Um, this film was selected by Caitlin Matthews. Um, she's a patron at our top tier, which, hey, for those of you listening at home, if you uh, if you join our Patreon and subscribe at the top level, um, we will literally work with you to help you select a film for us this season. Um, our criteria is pretty... Our criteria is pretty like tricky, so we can't just have you like say you have to do this film because maybe we've both seen it. Yeah. However, um, we have a pretty cool process with how we talk with you, and it includes getting to email with myself or Carson or Corey, and it's really fun. And um, anyway, you get to pick a movie. So next week's film was selected by patron Caitlin Matthews. It is a film that I have long been wanting to see. Um, it is the horror film from I believe twenty. 14, I think I'm pulling that out of the air. Um, but it is The Taking of Deborah Logan. Oh, I don't know what that is. I know you don't because it's a horror <laughs> film. Yep. It's a horror film that doesn't have Freddy or Jason in it. So it's just whoosh <laughs> right over Carson's head. Any um, of my big slashy boys. So like, what even is that? Yeah, so we are going to talk that film next week. Um, and we will see you guys then. See ya.